Welcome back to another episode of Best Hour of Their Day. Thank you all so much for the incredible feedback we have received over the weekend. You guys are loving it, and we are super appreciative. The Chuck Carswell episode, that guy is the man, and the amount of feedback, the comments we got on how incredible he is, or whether you took your level one or level two seminar with Chuck or you judged with him at regionals or the games, we appreciate hearing from you guys. So whether you email us, whether you find us on Instagram, best hour of their day, or you check out the all new website, besthouroftheirday.com, where you can also download a free PDF with 50 questions you ask at the whiteboard, find us somewhere, hit us up, Let us know what you love about the podcast. Let us know what we can improve. We know we're working on the sound quality. We're always trying to improve things. Big picture, we're listening to you guys. So keep it coming. Also incredible, Carlene Matthews. The program she runs at her box, CrossFit St. Helens, is amazing. She's doing some great things out there. And I really, really enjoyed my chat with her. And I'm excited to see what she has in store in the coming months and the coming years with her training. Pretty cool how a five foot two female can be so strong and so fit. It's just amazing what CrossFit can do to somebody. But coming up right now, I got my buddy Stouty and Logan with a big announcement about Wheelwad. These guys are doing some crazy stuff in this space, and Wheelwad is really just an incredible community, and it's absolutely astonishing to see what they're doing. If you listen in, my mind gets blown at one point on just how much they have to think about when they're adapting workouts. A lot of the stuff able-bodied people, that's the PC word, take for granted, like myself. Man, I was talking to Logan, he does one-arm wall balls. I was bitching about wall balls in 19-1, and I got two legs, two arms. Got nothing to complain about. But these guys are doing some great things out there, and I'm excited to let them share it with you. You're probably going to learn a little bit, and it's just awesome to be getting this opportunity to talk to these amazing people. Thank you guys for listening. I hope you're enjoying. Here's my interview with Stouty and Logan on the best hour of their day. All right, we have a very, very special episode. This is the first episode where I've had two guests at the same time, so... We need to, we may talk over each other a little bit. We're going to be aware of that, but let me give you guys a brief introduction. You know, I've got on the phone, first of all, Stouty, Chris Stoutenberg, the founder of Wheelwad. You founded that in 2013, um, and it's been growing ever since, which is really cool. And then I have Logan Aldridge. I'd say the biggest way I'd introduce you is just, you're the shredded dude with one arm. Is that the best introduction I can give you? (laughs) That's pretty accurate. They call me the hillbilly ninja sometimes too, since I do have a bit of a southern twang in, in my uh, my language sometimes. So yeah, it's pretty accurate. You do have a southern twang. Where are you from? Uh, North Carolina, where I saw you last. No. Born and raised Raleigh, North Carolina. Yeah, man. Yeah. So Logan trains at my good buddy. I don't know that I've ever spoken to you about it, but your box owner was a member of mine back in the day in like 2008. Yes such a cool small world and like full circle to see all of this come back together and to hear him talk of you and as much as he did when I first started and how much he praised and revered you 
now to be sitting here looking at you on the screen on your podcast. It's it's unbelievable. It's surreal. It's pretty cool. Well, don't believe everything John Prescott says about me. Yeah, most of it he's <laughs> lying about. But. That's true. Right. So I, I kind of wanted to push back the special announcement to make people listen to the whole episode. But let, let's dive into this. I'll let you guys kind of take the lead with it. But let me just kick it off a little bit. You know, Stouty, you started Wheelwad in 2013, and I, you probably had no idea what was going to happen with it, right? You were just looking for a way to impact more people that wanted to do CrossFit. Yeah, I was actually probably more selfish reason than anything. Uh, I finished competing with um, in basketball with the Olympic team, and uh, I got into CrossFit and realized there wasn't really anywhere to compete. So I was competing with friends, kind of then we were, I was like, oh, maybe we should put something together so we can get other people to compete. And then I realized quickly um, that I wasn't going to be competing anymore uh, because someone needed to kind of steer this together. So then Wheel Wad evolved. I quit competing other than just playing along in the open when we would adapt it. Um, and I started managing um, competitions. So it, uh, it went from the very first open we adapted was 10 of us and uh this last one was over 300 so it just uh it it's gone from one to two countries to 26 countries involved um it just blew up we just didn't really know but my original purpose was to give myself somewhere to compete and trying to get other people to compete with it so i do want to talk about you know i had kevin ogre on recently and we talked all about adapting it's interesting though because the open you're basically putting out a workout, but you have all sorts of different ways of adapting the workout. So are there many criteria within every open announcement or even at competitions? And, you know, either one of you can handle that question. Yeah, for sure. The, um, the open, we're pretty on a, on a time crunch. So we split into seated division, standing upper impairments and standing lower impairments. Um, and then You'll get some subclassifications in there like neuro or visual impaired, um, short stature. Those get subbed into the, those three kind of categories. Um, but basically, they announce the open, and within 24 hours, we release our version of it. So we have to shoot movement videos. We have to write standards. Um, because a lot of the, the competitions before we got involved um, – that were out there there wasn't many um they were more like a showcase so there wasn't really any kind of standards everybody was kind of doing something different there was you know eight guys on the floor and none of them were doing anything that we could compare each other to to actually get like a, a true winner so we over years and years here of testing and trying things and research getting people to do workouts for us, seeing their times, judging their fitness level. We started work and we've come up with percentages. So if you're working with two arms versus one arm, what would that percentage of the weight look like when changing? So a lot of this has been years of, well, basically since 2013 of just dissecting all sorts of things. And every time you think you got it figured out, somebody shows up on the scene with something new. And uh, <laughs> I spent, um, you know, 15 years playing Paralympic basketball and going to the Paralympics three times. And I thought I'd seen every impairment out there. And then all of a sudden some guy shows up and he's like, I'm in the seated division, but I have no hands. And I'm like, oh. sorry, can we swear on this? Sure. sure. <laughs> so, you know, I have so many questions, but I do want this, this podcast to be about you guys, but I also want people to understand like 
the Paralympics is a really big deal. People kind of look at it like, oh, no big deal. That's like, you went to the Olympics, you know? Yeah. It's, I, I had a woman that I think I told you this would, she was a member of my box and she would ski line people down. So she's skiing and her, you know, student, if you will, is blind. Yeah. Blind, like, that's crazy. Like they're getting by, like they had such a tight relationship. It was, it was pretty, it was pretty awesome to see. And they went to the Paralympics and that's when I found out you know, how big a deal that it's the Olympics, you guys roll into the, you know, Toronto yeah. or wherever the next Olympics are and uh, just follow along. Is it like, are you guys getting as much, you know, action as the Olympians are getting as far as the opposite sex? Uh, it's pretty much, yeah, that's exactly what it is there the entire time. That's what I hear. Is that true? Well, there's a ton of, it's totally true because you could compete the first day, depending on your sport, basketball, not a chance because we're there. We, we compete day one and day 14, we have our final. So you're basically just, you know, you compete, you recover, you do something in the morning, you're back, you're not out cruising around. But there's guys that come in the first day, you know, maybe they're doing like Kevin, if he gets there, bench press, it's over. He's there for 13 more days. Like there's a lot of trouble to get into when there's a bunch of other really fit individuals from all over the world. Uh, looking to get in trouble as well so yeah but let's be honest about kevin no women are interested in that ginger yeah. so all right <laughs> let me ask another let me ask logan a question so when you were talking about the open you know immediately what kind of popped into my mind you said standing and you know so i'm envisioning who's the guy at wadapalooza he's a little person jacked what's his mikey. name mikey awesome dude i got to talk yeah about yeah him. so logan it's it from what Stoudy's saying, are you like having to compete with him because you're both standing athletes? Yeah, exactly. So Mikey gets lumped in to the standing upper category. And, and frankly, that's just due to a lack of short stature population. So he is an incredible athlete, obviously, as we witnessed. But also, more importantly, uh, an incredible sport uh, in terms of like the class that he has to compete. There are obvious massive disadvantages and sometimes advantages in the movement of CrossFit for him versus myself. But he knows and he understands in a, in a competition like Wadapalooza, by him showing up, participating and competing, he is the pioneer for the short, short stature uh, population to realize there's a place for them in this sport competitively. Now, until we get more short stature athletes, it's tough for us to level the playing field for him versus someone like myself. There are ways in which we, you know, modify or scale or reduce the weight, but we also are paying attention to, you know, Stoudy's the biggest uh, focus on this. You know, I'm competing, so I have this weird, weird line between being an athlete in these events and also trying to be on the assistance of programming or understanding the ways that we should look at one point of contact versus two point of contact. But yeah, yeah you're like you know, a, a you're like a example. player manager. You're like a player manager yeah. going out there. Like try to be. I try to separate it in my mind so I have unbiased feedback. Okay, so I have a couple of follow-up questions. One, I'm only like an inch taller than this guy. How do <laughs> right? So like I feel like I, I he's able to compete with me or I need, you know, I need to join that. So now the, the workout I'm thinking of, and then we will go into the announcement. Wall ball rowing comes up. 
All right. Now you're going against this guy. Granted, he's smaller, but to me, it seems like he still has the advantage. Am I completely wrong in that? He loses it in the, we give him the right height for his wall ball. So we thought we, Mikey's been our pioneer. Like we test Mikey all the time. He's taken a beating just so we can get some decent results out of him. Um, But, you know, so the wall ball, we adjust the height so he can, and, or, and kind of adjust the weight of the ball to where his maximum throw is, but not, um, but the rowing, he just can't, like, he just doesn't, it doesn't work for him because he can only get his legs so far out. And then he's got to come back in where, you know, obviously the rowing, when you see a, lo- a taller athlete, they have an immediate advantage. Well, now he's, he's not anywhere close to the, the, re- the rest of the competitors. So he's just, he has to pull three, four times more stroke rate just to even try and hang, which so he loses the advantage there. Well, first of all, you're doing what I said CrossFit should do years ago and adjust the wall ball based on height. That's what yeah. everybody they should do that for everybody. But no, I bet I bet okay. you wanted that done. <laughs> but but then talk me through this, Logan. You're doing wall balls with one arm, right? Oh, you just say like no big deal. I can barely do them with two. <laughs> so you're just like right. I was well, you know, there there are some uh, there are definitely some tips and tricks and techniques that I've I've learned and I use as much of my uh, you know residual limb on my impaired side as I can to try to help create a shelf but yeah the way that ball is leaving my body and going in the air is with one arm but that weight of that wall ball is also reduced because of that because it's a single point of contact leaving the ball i'm using a 14 pound ball as opposed to a 20 which i guess uh when i first started thanks to thanks to john prescott because he was like hey man it's 20 pound ball you gotta try and a 20 pound ball so for a long time i just wall balls were insanely hard and just blew my shoulder up so uh, when the adaptive standard for single upper became a 14-pound ball, man, I was in heaven. So it's been a really good way to have trained previously. And then as we've adopted these sort of standards, um, I love a 14-pound ball. It makes my world a lot easier, that's for sure. And just but yeah, you know, there's little tips and tricks that I, I incorporate, like slightly turning away from the wall um, with my sound arm away from the wall a little bit more. That allows me to stay consistent with the target that I'm trying to hit. And these sorts of things have just been through practice, trial and error. What if I try this? What if we change up this? Uh, and that's been a really good learning experience. And by no means do I think that I have it right. But what I believe in um, more than anything in this journey of adaptive CrossFit is the open source uh, principle. Whereas if I discover something, a tip or trick or technique or, or a device or a uh, some sort of attachment that helps me function better and increases my work capacity and decreases my limitation. The first thing I want to do is share that. And I'm so thankful for platforms like, you know, Instagram because I can share that and that can get circulated around and adopted internationally and people that, you know, I have a language barrier with, but through video and movement can adopt these things. So I think that's been the the coolest way to watch the momentum of this adaptive community and competitive CrossFit really blossom. And that's what fires me up, like the education side, the sharing what I've figured out and then getting feedback, having someone else say, yeah, well, that works for you, but I'm a brachial plexus injury, which means like, you know, arm is paralyzed across their body. They don't have that little, little chicken wing, as I call it, little lever that I have to use. So they have to adopt a sort of different technique. And I get to learn from those athletes as well. And I'm very fortunate, you know, at Noose River with John to have athletes like Kippy, 
who is a brachial plexus injury with her arm and also neuro. She has some leg issues too, but it's really cool to see that. And then another athlete, Christy, who's a congenital below the elbow amputee. So she was born that way. And the ways in which she approaches things like wall balls or other movements uh, is really cool for me as a, you know, an upper extremity specialist, if you will, to see the variances of that right there in my gym every day. Yeah. I know you wanted to chime in, Saudi, but just for me, it's so impressive. It's like, CrossFit itself is new and they're still learning every year in the open or what was the regionals or in the games. I'm sure Castro goes back and evaluates and realizes his mistakes as well as his successes. And it's like, I can't even imagine how hard what you guys are doing is like, you know, just hearing all of this, it's like so much to consider. So, you know, it's only been six years since Stouty started it and it's only going to grow. I mean, hearing about Mikey, first of all, I want to communicate with him after this and definitely chat with him because I have so many questions. But I would love to see, like, little person is the correct term, correct? Yeah, we use short stature. Short stature. I'm so fired up about that potential. Like, I want to see a short stature division. That'd be, yeah. that'd be amazing. I think that's happening, in no doubt. That dude's Mikey is going to inspire people and – I saw that other woman. I know she has, um, she's short stature, but she is uh, an amputee as well. She was featured on CrossFit probably about six months ago. And I mean, she's, what she was doing with that snatch and all these things, you guys are just amazing. Did you want to chime in on that, Stouty? I know you were about to talk. With yeah, I was just going to say, like, Logan kind of had to go through the same deal. When I first started taking on uh, the upper division versus just standing, I was like, okay, Logan, you get a 20-pound ball. And he's like, okay, like never complain once. And then I tried adjusting the height. So I was like, okay, maybe it's a 20-pound ball with uh, a 9-foot target versus a 10-foot target. And then me and him going back and forth, he's like, you know what? If I watch him do someone with two points of contact on the ball, so can use both limbs to do it, and then I watch him around the same fitness level, we put him in a workout, and I'd like, okay, he moves at the same pace and speed as this guy who's just as fit as him with a 14 pound ball when he's on a 20 pound ball. And those are kind of those things that we had to, that everybody kind of had to go through. Um, and still we go through uh, just to get us to a level, even playing field, because we don't have enough athletes right now to be like, okay, this is a visual impairment division. This is the, you know, single arm division. This is the uh, short stature division. We don't have that. So those other ones, live sub kind of divisions inside the three main and um so lots of people have to take some lumps to learn and uh, we use uh, the wadproof app now we put out workouts we have them film it so then i can watch and be like okay i know this guy's fitness level he should be able to be moving faster why is he not ending up near the podium why is he always on the bottom where's he getting burned and then i can see and be like oh he's getting eaten alive and every time you know Every time a rowing workout comes up, he's got one leg and he's just getting smoked by it because he's only got one leg. What does that look like and how do I compare him against somebody else? But yeah, Logan's taking a lot of lumps for me, for sure. Well, his uh, abdominals are proof that he's putting in the hard work. So <laughs> now all of this makes sense. Let's bring it back around now. Now I understand why this announcement is happening because, man, this is super detailed. I'll let you guys take it from here. Yeah. Okay. Um, so it was last year, uh, after the games, I realized this is too much for me by myself. And, um, Logan and I 
kind of been back and forth being on the adaptive CrossFit staff together, plus just in lots of regular conversations of trying to better the sport. And he's we'd always open with feedback and we were developing, you know, pieces of equipment and it, it just, I couldn't, I can't do it on my own anymore. And uh, it's growing and we want it to continue to grow. Plus we have some pretty big ambitions to take this to uh, another level. So yeah, Logan and I are going to uh, be partners here on Wheelwood now. So uh, it's not just a one man show anymore. Logan will be handling, um, we're trying to divide it up. Uh, he'll be handling like equipment development. Um, he'll be doing programming, coaching along with myself. Cause we do have the, our, our um, competitive programming plus our free daily programming running website. But he's also gonna be, we have a ton of partners that wanna partner up with us on stuff. And I just haven't been able to, to have those conversations because of it, uh, because of just a lack of, of time. Uh, that I have. Uh, so yeah, I'll let Logan chime in on, on, on that, but. Well, congratulations yeah. on that. That's really cool. I, I love just, you know, sometimes it's one of those situations I've been in business where, you know, giving up part of something is going to yield tremendous results and I'm sure bringing yeah. Logan on is going to help. So Logan, go ahead take, say your, say your piece on this. Yeah. Yeah, please. Um, Frankly, first of all, just to hear it, you know, just to hear it said still um, is surreal. Uh, it's an extreme honor. I view Wheelwad and its platform and Stouty as an individual, uh, hold them to the highest standard and have always just sung praises and appreciation for the selfless hours and energy he's put into developing this incredible platform and organization. Um, and I think, yeah, like Stouty said, over, you know, the past years, like really talking and thinking like big picture, like the vision and the future of this, like, yes, I do compete and that is fun. And I am curious what my physical potential is and what I'm capable of. But more importantly, I'm trying to help build something much bigger than myself. And Stouty absolutely has the same vision and understanding of that. So when we're able to talk and have these sort of exploratory conversations, we always end up aligning on where we see this going and how we see it evolving. So when Stouty, and I know, I mean, it's incredible how much he manages and how many hours, late nights and early mornings he puts in on watching videos and everything else. So the opportunity to come in, and I think we all have, you know, strengths and weaknesses in our skill sets and Stouty is um, a jack of all trades, but I believe I can come in and add some value for some sort of uh, product development stuff, but frankly, a lot of working with the upper extremity athletes. That's something that I've just organically started to do through my Instagram, through just being a CrossFit coach and seeing athletes reach out to ask about, Logan, how do you use, what technique you use in this movement, or how is that strap that you're wearing work? And so I like to share those sorts of things with these athletes, and that turns into almost a sub- a pseudo coaching position where they're sending me videos and I'm helping them with their technique and form and setup of that equipment. Um, so to talk to Stouty and get this opportunity was massive because I believe exactly like you said, like for it, first of all, I sing praises to him for having the wherewithal to give up some of his baby, you know, like this is his baby and, and I cherish it and treat it as such as mine as well now. But it's really exciting because the potential for what Wheelwad can do for adaptive training as a whole is uh, is pretty massive. And 
as you've seen the shift, we all know in, in CrossFit's competitive platform and how that's working now with sanctionals, we're having a influx of interest for these adaptive divisions. You know, the long-term goal and vision and future is that it's a part of the games, just like masters and teens and everything else. In order for it to get there, it's got to be a part of these other events. It is a, a part, a pseudo part of the open in our way. We've got to make it a full part of the open. So we're doing all the right things. And I think uh, I'm thankful that Stoudy wants some help and he's willing to ask for it. And I'm honored to, to come in and align with him and help grow this thing to be a much more global force, global impact to make sure that all the right intentions of inclusion are being done properly, effectively, safely, and with the proper guidance. And I think that's what WeWad is really excited about for the future to be able to offer. Yeah. Well, I'm super excited for both of you. Um, I, you know, hearing all of this, what is your relationship right now with the games? Is it something that's kind of on the table? Is it, you know, part of the games? Is it you roll in like the Olympics the next week? No, so right now we host the Wheelwalk Games uh, here. So uh, CrossFit Games are definitely aware of us. Uh, they reached out uh, this year to try to include us in the leaderboard. Um, it just wouldn't work completely this year uh, because obviously we're putting sometimes different rep schemes together, different time domains. Like when we adapt, we have to adapt to the stimulus, not so much, um, you know, a 20-minute AMRAP for someone with one arm. Uh, maybe too much. Like we may drop that to a 12 minute AMRAP because we're just, we can't overload athletes and injure them just for the purpose of trying to stay with what CrossFit has put out. So we definitely uh, are on their radar. Um, right now we're just, we run the games um, here and uh, there's talk of running the games in a couple other different places throughout the next couple of years. Um, here being Collingwood, Ontario, uh, but we run through the open. We run on our own leaderboard through competitioncorner.net. Um, but we we still take the CrossFit open workouts and adapt them to make sure that we're staying within and showing them like, hey, this is this is doable. Waterpalooza has been our biggest uh, kind of supporter. And because of Waterpalooza and the success we've had there, um, that's our next step. Like one of the main major reasons, um, Logan – and I started talking about this because the offers for us to do competitions have increased crazy. We're going to be doing um, Warhorse Kansas City games. We're doing Battlefield out in uh, San Diego this year. Uh, I'm going to the Valor Games, which is a straight-up um, uh, adaptive competition, but it's not. It doesn't have a CrossFit component yet, so there's basketball and a couple other sports, but it's all adaptive athletes, like 100 adaptive athletes out in Oakland, California. I'm going there at the end of the month. To, uh, to basically just teach CrossFit. I'm going to be I'm there on the, the CrossFit hat, not the real wide hat, but um, teaching CrossFit in demos. So athletes, these athletes can see it and go, oh, I could do this at home as my training, which then in turn uh, selfishly will give them, give me contacts to get them competing as well. Uh, but it's, uh, we're looking right now, we've got some offers to go overseas uh, twice next year, which is huge because we have a big population of adaptive athletes that are there that can't find the funds to get to this side of the, the pond. So uh, that's been our biggest struggle. So if we think, I think our best option is to go to them. 
Well, plus no one wants to go to Canada, right? Oh, come no. on. That's where everybody wants to go. <laughs> <laughs> you, you guys have been at Wadapalooza since like 2015, I believe, right? Yeah. So yeah. My first time in, the first one was with Steph uh, and it was a showcase. And uh, I saw it. I helped them program the workouts. Uh, and I, Guido actually reached out to me and he was like, I don't want this to be a showcase. There was eight athletes doing completely all different impairments, doing different things and, and trying to have a competition. It just didn't plan, pan out. So Guido pulled me in. Uh, I think it was in 2015. He pulled me in and uh, he said, make this a competition. Give me divisions. And each year it's grown. It's uh, it's doubled almost every year. I love it. It was really fun to watch this year. So I know we're going to wrap up. I, w- I want to hear from each of you, your one piece of advice. If you know, someone's listening and they know an adaptive athlete, they pass it on and hopefully they listen. What's your one piece of advice for an adaptive person getting involved in CrossFit? Do you want to go first, Logan? Yeah, well, uh, that's something I did want to mention. You know, a, a part of my excitement with the future of Wheelwad is to create the opportunity for the adaptive population to realize something like CrossFit is the best thing they can do for their health. We all know how CrossFit can be so intimidating and to walk or roll into a box, how intimidating that can be. So we want to be able to offer ways for adaptive individuals to begin thinking about what functional training looks like for them and how they can implement that right away in their own house, whether they're traveling in a hotel room. And then that can muster up and build the confidence and encouragement to go into the CrossFit affiliate because all the CrossFit listeners can know the biggest, most impactful part of going to a box, uh, in my opinion, and I think most would agree, is that community aspect and what that does for your psyche and your mental health and then also your physical health, being around others to push you and help guide you through movements and get coaching and feedback. So my biggest message is to just get started. And I think that's why we're so excited about partnering because I can help Stouty. We can help make sure that those daily wheelwad.com workouts are available and modified to be either body weight, able to do it at your house, do it in a box, do it with a few items, um, and really just get the wheels turning of the individuals who are curious but aren't able to fully commit. And then, frankly, a lot of those athletes, like in the Paralympic platform, showing them how some non-sport-specific training, some functional fitness training can increase their work capacity and make them a better sport-specific athlete, whether they're a swimmer or a runner or wheelchair basketball. So I think my biggest message is just that, like to just get started, check out wheelwad.com. It's not just for seated athletes. It's not just for adaptive athletes. Um, any athletes can benefit greatly from it. On that note about John Prescott, he's been doing wheelwad individualized programming. That dude hated to run. I don't think he could run a 10 minute mile. And now he's running seven minute miles. So the, the, the knowledge is, is applicable uh, to any walk of life, to any individual. Um, but we're trying to show the massive inclusion doesn't stop with just adaptive athletes, that Wheelwad has something special to offer everyone. So uh, come see what we're all about, and I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. Yeah, and I also saw John deadlift over 500 pounds the other day. So He's crushing it. It's clearly it. working. You know, I do want to say one thing I've learned between talking to you guys and talking to Kevin, and I think I knew it. It's just kind of come to fruition. It's like, you. it's just other people doing CrossFit. It's just more CrossFitters. You know, it's like, if you treat anyone like a, like a person, you know, I, you know, I hate to be so cliche and it's like, 
We're all human beings. Like we all have our, our shit, right? What, you know, whether it's we're sitting in a chair, have one arm, or you have emotional baggage like I do, right? We all have right. our shit. We all need to exercise. We all need to do CrossFit. And if that's it. Talk to people like normal human beings, like you would anybody. And you're going to learn. Daddy, did you want to give any advice? I mean, maybe that's the best advice. No matter what you're doing in this life, you need to do CrossFit. But you have, <laughs> that's really what it comes yeah, down I to. I definitely agree with that. Um, the biggest thing uh, I would say from all the years I've spent in adaptive sport, I've been in a wheelchair now for like 21 years. Uh, so half my age now. Um, the biggest thing is don't get discouraged. Uh, I know a lot of people that come out and sometimes – you know, gym owners aren't ready for them, and that's why the Adaptive CrossFit course has existed, so we can help those gym owners be ready. But just don't get discouraged. It, I I fail still daily. I fail so much. I fail more than I probably succeed. And the key to, to coming out on top each time is to take those failures, understand them, find someone who can help you with them, or kind of break them down into pieces to fix them yourself if you can't find a coach right away but reach out to us reach out to, there's so many organizations out there now reach out to us you can reach out to crossroads you can reach out to adaptive crossfit we know everybody who's been trained around the world and are, are just dying for you to come through their door so if you have one bad experience don't let it be all your experience and it's not intent it's not the coach's intent he's not trying to give you a bad experience just not ready for you but they are there are people out there that are and he can and those crossfit coaches can get uh on board with what you're doing so yeah main message is just come out try it don't get discouraged be prepared to fail be prepared to be humble be prepared you know coming from winning gold medals to, to having when I first started struggling to try and clean an empty bar was like, I just wanted to go home. I was like, screw this, man. I was like, I've been the best in the world. Now I can't move an empty barbell and a clean. Like we didn't even know how to clean it yet. They hadn't even developed the technique to do that. I was just doing reverse bicep curls at that point in time. So yeah, do, do it, man. Like just get off the couch and do it and, and come out. And if you need us, we're here for you. Uh, we'll answer you anytime. Well, not to be redundant, but just like Logan said, it's like, doesn't matter. Like you, I had to leave my ego aside. I had to be prepared to fail no different yeah. than anybody else. And you look great for 40 years old, by the way, Saudi. Right. So well, last question I ask everybody on the podcast, do either of you or do both of you have a book you recommend the listeners check out? The Obstacle is the Way. You know what? I'm in that one right now. So I love that. I'm doing, I'm all things stoic right now, Logan. The obstacle is away. I got my daily stoic reading um, the the Marcus Aurelius, uh, what's his, um, the diaries, not the diaries, but that book as well. So cool. I love it, Logan. Saudi? Uh, mine is uh, Blue Planet. It has nothing to do with uh, CrossFit. It's just uh, a passion of mine. It's understanding how water uh, and being close to water and being in the water helps you heal. And uh, we used it, uh, I did some Operation Surf stuff is when I was uh, introduced to it. Um, Operation Surf being, surfing with veterans that have been uh, permanently injured. Um, and uh, yeah, you gotta read it to understand it. And when you read it, you'll never look at water the same way. Very cool, I'll definitely check that out. I um, love being in water. So I'll, I'll go through that. I love hearing all the different books that come out with people because really cool. Never would have thought of that. So 
super excited for you guys. And I definitely want to have you on again when it's competition time. I want to find out more. I mean, really, I have so many questions about this scaling, not scaling, my bad, adapting, um, you know, all these different workouts. And you can tell Mikey right now that I'm coming for him. I'm all coming right. for him. Yeah. There we I'm, go. I want to have go. a head to head. He hashtags every single post. Tyrion ain't got shit on me. You know, all right. from Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I don't watch Game of Thrones, but I know who you're talking about. And I heard there was a Starbucks cup in the last episode. But <laughs> yeah, very cool. And I'm going to have him on the podcast. So I'll reach out. I'll get his number from you. But I'm super excited for both of you guys. I'm excited to put this out there and just to see the direction of this. It's so cool. I just hope more people are impacted and I'm sure they will be. So you guys are doing something pretty cool in this world. You know, I had Cooper on talking about legacy and you guys are creating that. So really awesome. Any last words from you guys? Oh, just a, a tremendous amount of appreciation for this opportunity to share on this platform with you, Jason. Uh, thank you so much. And yeah, you're absolutely right. Mark our words. Uh, we'd love to be back. Um, we'll be back with even more incredible, exciting news and bigger things happening. So the future is bright and we're really excited. And actually, Stouty, before we sign off, tell everybody where they can find you. Uh, so wheelwad.com, www.wheelwad.com, at wheelwad on uh, Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. Uh, you can email us at wheelwad at gmail.com. Thanks again for tuning in, and thanks again, Stouty and Logan, for being on Best Hour of Their Day. Please go find us on social media at Best Hour of Their Day, and be sure to check out our new website, besthouroftheirday.com, where you can download a PDF with 50 questions to ask at the whiteboard. Hope you've enjoyed. As always, any questions, comments, or feedback, hit us up. We love to hear from you, and we look forward to chatting with you once again on the next episode of Best Hour of Their Day. Have an amazing day.